It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. There's one goal here and one promise I made to Mrs. Ford is winning. For that to happen, everyone needs to be on the same page to be in the best position with the right plan. Every person in this building has a job to do, and each job is important. If we can get one step better every day, that's putting this organization in the right direction. Donald steps up in the pocket, now throws. It is picked up by Ryan. Come back right side. Inside the 10. It is Quadre Dix to the 5. To the house. Touchdown to Cornlion. How about that for an opening act? Oh, my God, it, it is Sir Mix-a-Lot booty fit. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The Detroit Lions podcast post-game show with your hosts, Chris and Case. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast live post-game show. This is episode 237 of the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris, doing it live with my good friend and co-host, Trev. How you doing, brother? Hanging out to this season like Mufasa to the side of that cliff. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's about as apt as you could put it, man. Big big game today. Game we had to win, I think. Um, not only had we had to for a number of reasons. We'll talk about them. Uh, at least of which is in the playoff hopes and dreams, but there's a lot of other stuff going on as well. Um, like pride. Pride. That's one of the things you got to care about if you're lying. So we'll talk about that game. We'll do a little bit of roundtable discussion between Trev and I. And of course, we will take your calls live. We've got that and a whole lot more. Great show lined up. Trev, you ready to go, my man? Yep, with no pants on. (laughs) Let's kick this off and break it down. All right. Make sure to check us out and help us out on Patreon. Special thanks to Big Dylan from... Oh, that's right. Of course, the very first owner, Mathis and Brian Burkheiser from I Prevail. Check them out at iprevailband.com. Big, big friends, big helpers hanging out in the Slack. The Slack? What Slack are you talking about? The ultimate Lions chat, the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. Go to patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Detroit Lions podcast. As little as a dollar a month in donations will get you access to that Slack, which I'm telling you is is the best thread, especially during the games. If you want sanity, it's it's pretty helpful. Give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast on Instagram, where we haven't posted anything. DET Lions podcast or Detroit Lions podcast. And of course, on Twitter at DET Lions podcast, the only other place to see Trav. 
doing the no pants dance subscribe on youtube youtube.com slash detroit lions podcast youtube.com slash detroit lions podcast and don't forget to give us those five star ratings at itunes stitcher google play wherever you find us we love those reviews all right let's do this this is no time for a quick release we're going deep the quick release time is over trev the game's done <laughs> we're here to talk about it all right this is a big game uh must win game for the lions against these giants and um of course i came in quite quite positive that it was a win um do you want to go ahead and give me credit for that now or do you want to talk about me walk around in flip-flops there in a little while <laughs> you i'll give you all the credit in the world because i there's at some point in the Lions season where i just kind of like don't expect a win. <laughs> so it's like I root for them and I'm watching this game. I'm thinking, yeah, I really want them to win, but you know, if they lose, it's not going to surprise me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, I'm, I understand. Um, we had a big week. Quandry digs traded away. That one, that one stung. We saw the walking wounded of safeties out there today. That really called into question that trade. We were so deep. just so, so short ago, just a week ago. And, um, here we are now with, um, a couple injuries guys didn't, it didn't seem super serious. I mean, it's, it's guys that kind of rotated back in, but obviously it kind of punctuates those, those moves that you're already a little bit nervous about. Um, really digs in ourselves a hole there. Oh, oh, let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> I took some heat for the name of that last show. It's always between like the dick joke and the dad joke, but either way you're getting the D right. Um, see what I did different from one to the other and back. Yeah, there we go. All right. Um, so we had that, uh, it was interesting. Um, I think the play of the game was the flea flicker. I, I, I always love a flea flicker. I'm, I'm, I mean, it wasn't even really a flea flicker. It was a backward pass. But I, I, I love any kind of trick play where Stafford why do we, the ball and it goes deep again. <laughs> why do we run any other play ever? Right. I don't. We should just run them exclusively. <laughs> then we have like 100% success rate yeah, on yeah. flea flickers. <laughs> um, interesting, interesting stuff. I, I, the Bevel offense is is still... I, I I said it before the season. People, it's not going to be what people expect, but I still haven't been able to kind of get my arms around it. I see all these runs up the middle, right? That I'm just like, why are we doing that? Why are we? And, and I get lulled into this sense of why are we doing that? And all of a sudden, <laughs> again, boom! Big pass, touchdown, sealed the game. I was like, wow, man, this is crazy. This is crazy. But a lot of points the last two games, which I guess bodes well for the offense overall. Yeah, I, I think it, it really says a lot about Bevel as a coach. Um, we all, everyone thought he was, we were going to have like a Marshawn Lynch style run up the middle with carry on all game long type of offense. And Bevel does, hasn't done that for the Lions because the Lions are not good at that. So they're not doing that for Bevel, right? Carry on couldn't find right. a hole. He, he, he always seemed to hit the wrong spot of line and couldn't find his way through. Well, also, I think he knows that the team isn't built like his Seattle team was. Mm-hmm. So it, we kind of have some interesting passing schemes because that's what Stafford does. Well, he's not Russell Wilson. Um, carry on is not Marshawn Lynch, but the offense he's building seems to work well for all of their, or I don't really know about the running game, but the passing game skill wise is, is pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot out of Hawkinson Amendola. It was his week. It seems like it's somebody yeah. else every week. And now is it, have we started to warn early, early show for next week? Is it going to be Galladay's week next week? Right. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I mentioned that in the slack earlier. It's like um, every week they have a guy 
And I don't know if that's on purpose or if it's just whoever the best matchup is that week. And it's like they stick with a hot hand and what's working. But last week was Marvin Jones week. Yeah. Like Galladay had like one catch. And <laughs> this week was definitely Amendola week. Even mm-hmm. the other guys had touchdowns. But Amendola got the vast majority of the passes. And that's really interesting to me that we don't see as many. We seem to spread it around, but it's not within the course of one game. We spread it around <laughs> over the course of like like six different games with our six different <laughs> skill position players. So I don't even – that's that's so weird to me. Like Marvin Jones had the game of his career last week with four – he had two – or he had three touchdowns in the first half. Yeah. That's like crazy. that's unheard of. <laughs> <laughs> like over Xavier Rhodes. Uh, Rhodes open, I guess. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, that's a weird thing that I do not get. Yeah. I, it's like Stafford just picks a guy one week and so it's all good. that's all he says. It's just, it's just throwing. The do ball. you think it's Stafford? Do you think Bevel's calling that like hammering one guy and then they, they, they hammer one guy all game and then they throw a weird flea flicker just to like make the other team shit their pants. Like I, I it, it's, a, it's a strange offense, but I definitely think it's a better offense. I think they um, key on matchups in the prep during the week. I think they're, they're, they're finding it and saying, you know, watch that, make your, make it your number one read or, or, or whatever else. And um, they're keying on, like I, like I said, those kind of matchups when they see it at the line. And that's why we're seeing certain guys get the ball a lot. But um, I I don't think they're just saying, just throw it to Amendola this week until I stop him, right? Because <laughs> you don't have a game plan if they stop him on that first throw, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. So that um, was that. Um, hey, really quick, I'm going to throw the number out for everyone that may or may not want to call. Also, we we put the uh, hashtag Lions post game out there if you want to ask us a question via Twitter. You can do that as well. Um, but the phone number, 248-782-8384. So 248-782-8384. We'll take your call throughout the show and uh we'll get you in there oh, got one already it's asking you shall receive trev you see how that works these people are amazing <laughs> how you doing Carl? what's your name and how many have you had not huh. enough my name is arthur what's up chris hey. how you doing man arthur from Meltra, right do you hear do you hear me all right yeah i can hear you just fine yeah sure it is buddy yeah how you doing was a game? i'm doing all right man i was on bluetooth just wanted to make sure you could hear me um yeah the game was i you know how i do it i'll Wait till about half season, and then I'll build it up, and then I'll just puke it on you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call about twice a year, so that's what I'm due. So, um, yeah, you know, the defense today, it's still something left to be desired. I, ho- I hope it's one of these Patricia takes half a year to mold type situations. I really don't get it. Um, but all in all, man, I mean, that's about as how could it be convincing even though it, it was, that's how I feel. Like I was convinced the whole game that we were going to win, which is odd. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never really worried about it and we wound up winning by five. So, I mean, you'll take it right. All, all day, brother. Um, quick ad for Jägermeister here for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, it was, it was one of those games where, you're sitting there and we're ahead and you want to feel comfortable, but we give them just enough to come back to make it right to di- where well, you're on the edge where you're saying, Oh God, here we come. Here we go again. 
right? You're just oh, waiting for that one yeah, more play yeah, that's exactly. going to be the one that says, oh, God, that's it. And they didn't give it up, so that that's nice. But I was hoping for a lot more convincing win. I, before the game, Travis was like, man, I'm, they better win today, or this is going to be like a, a self-reflection show this afternoon. I'm like, they're gonna, they got it, man. Don't worry. I'm like, this is the Giants at home. We got this. And it's just for years, this is, there's two things that I've, I've noticed about the Lions, no matter who the coaches are in the last couple of years. One, they rarely, rarely, rarely get those big convincing wins. The, the big ones that they put someone else Absolutely down. Absolutely right. And it's like, wow. It, it felt like that after New England last year because New England is such a powerhouse and yep. we really did shut them down in all phases. But, they just they just don't seem to do it. And then the Green Bay game was the one. There's like one or two games a year where they have their destiny in their control, and they can they could they could take yep. that step forward and really become a team. Like the talk starts every year. There's a point where there's some talk about the Lions. Hey, maybe they're. And this is why they get so much crap, people, and why they get so little respect because they get to this point, and then what happens in Green Bay happens. Whether it's the refs or what or their play or whatever else. That statement game yeah. where they have control and they can put themselves at the top of the conversation, it just doesn't go their way. And it's it's killing me, man. It's killing me. <laughs> yeah. And I, exactly, Chris. You kind of uh, segued for me right into it. Um, this is what I think people outside of – I mean, obviously, you're always going to have your outliers, right? You're going to have the Johnny Blue Skies guy no matter what. You're going to have the – world is ending guy no matter what and then you have some of us in the middle where it's like this is why i get so upset and that's with these you know the chiefs and the packers game yeah we all understand that we we have i mean I, that's why so many people both nationally and locally more locally than nationally surprisingly enough have been well we didn't take care of business we didn't well no shit guys we understand that every all every close game has plays here or there and go we get that we're not idiots what my problem is, is that we don't need any help screwing ourselves, right? <laughs> and then where it pisses me off the most is that that robbed us, those two games. The Chiefs, the Chiefs was still egregious enough, in my opinion, um, ref-wise. And then, of course, we all know the Packers game was atrocious. Mm-hmm. But it, what it does is it robs us of the opportunity to have a bad game like we did against the Vikings. And then when I said this to my buddy, and I might have even tweeted it when Stafford threw that bad pick, he don't ever he doesn't make throws like that anymore. He doesn't make those kind of mistakes. But now it's like when he does, it's like you're clenching your butt cheeks because we can't afford it, right? right, right he should be right. able to have a bad game once in a while. Yeah. You know, no wonder the guy had the broken back. He's been carrying us for years. <laughs> I mean, like, come on. Uh, you know, yeah, like, no, no, you got like it, Chris, yeah. shouldn't he be allowed to have a bad game once in a while? Everybody does, but, but everybody does. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just, I don't know, dude. I just, I, I'm just, unfortunately, I just felt like those two games, opposite of that cushion we could have so desperately used. So now it's just a nail biter every week. Less cushion uh, one thing I do want to say, Chris, friend. before I get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's my, that's my motto, buddy. <laughs> so, um, one thing I would like to say, I got to touch on it, is uh, two things. I'm going to go on a Risden mini rant here. All right. <laughs> Stop saying that we get shredded by tight ends. I just got into it with a guy on Twitter. He's actually a nice guy. It's just kind of like a friendly banner type thing. Mm-hmm. But we don't anymore. This is, I mean, once in a while, everybody has bad games. We, do, we don't get shredded by the tight ends anymore. Stop saying that, you idiots out there. We, we don't get shredded by tight ends anymore. You want to look at the numbers, back it up, do it. Just stop saying it. 
Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, Kenny Galladay. This guy, I'm not going to sit here and breathe down your neck and say that he's a five, uh, top five receiver, but this guy has the most underrated hands in the NFL, bar none. Top five hands, easy. Just incredible set of fucking mitts on this guy, right? I'll tell you, that catch he made today with the, with the ball was behind him, he like completely rotated to left extended brought the ball oh my god i i looked at that yeah. and i was like oh my god this is the kind of thing i was terrified if someone had come was coming the other way across the field that the injury he would have sustained there it could have been like career ending right the way he was the, the position he yeah. was in but by the same token the body control he showed in making that yeah. catch like that holy like i was looking at him i'm like why didn't your bottom half of your body just continue rotating to the left right and you roll into it right he took that thing and he was it was impressive that i mean you look at how his body yeah. rotated there and to be able to make that catch it was it was it was way way underrated i think by by what we saw on tv and and, and how the folks called it that was a hell of a catch by kenny g i think he's got all Absolutely. kinds of talent man and it- He's just got to get open. He's just got to get the. It's the almost run every down. week. This guy. Yep, exactly. It's it's every week. This guy has it seems like every week anyway. He has two or three just like phenomenal catches. Look, he doesn't do everything great, but what he does well, and there's a few things he does really well. He does them top notch, and uh, I don't. You know, people want to get the discussion all the time. I mean, we're a world of top ten, top fifteen lists, right? Mm-hmm. I don't care what he is. I just know he's really good. Happy to have them, and uh, just want to say go Lions, and you guys have a good night, all right? All right, buddy. Thank you, Arthur. Have a good one, man. Do you know what else is interesting about Galladay is he's just another one of the, like, the fourth to fifth to sixth round draft picks that Bob Quinn gets right. He's better at drafting fourth round guys than he is drafting second round guys. I was going to say. And even maybe even first round guys. <laughs> he needs to move the sixth round board. We need to move our first round pick. And just get like six fourth round picks, and we'll be <laughs> we'll be ready to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> got another caller. Caller, what's your name, and how how many have you had? Hey, Chris, this is Garrett hey, from Alaska. Garrett. Yeah, yeah. How you doing up there, man? About, oh, pretty good. Is it about six in? Is it is it started oh. snowing up there yet? <laughs> oh, of course, always. Oh, damn. I don't know. I haven't. I've never been there. It's one of like. Five states I haven't visited yet, and I, and I, I didn't know if it was always snowy there or just just at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, just well, just nine months. <laughs> I, I, yeah, definitely top five to go see. But I just wanted to call in. Uh, I know we talked before on the show, but um, just being like a younger younger Lions fan, you know, growing up watching hockey and then being in college now, you know, started following the Detroit Lions a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. So. Just walk me through, walk me through this win for you guys. Like um, being fans, you know, a little bit more experienced than I am, and the ups and the downs. Um, is this a is this a point in the season where you're just kind of like, well, hopefully, you know, we we can win a couple, um, or is this kind of like, you know, kind of you know, exciting, and maybe we just had a rough start, or sure. I, I feel like in the last couple of years, it's just been, yeah, definitely let down. And uh, that's kind of pales in comparison to what you guys have gone through. <laughs> it's it's okay. I mean, I think I mean you, you take up the the mantle if you if you jump in the lions, you take up the pain of the, the last fifty five years or whatever it's been. Um, there's a couple things I think going on, and if if I'm going to say how am I going to take this win and, and look at it, I'm going to say I feel really really good that we got a win, right? Any kind of win, anytime is good. 
we won we won well enough the last uh touchdown they got it was garbage time touchdown really I, i'm not super concerned i think the the team played better than the score there's still concerns in areas um terrible penalties on third down by the defense the defense continues to to make some some bad plays um the bears helped us out with their loss today and uh you know back to to lol bears and all that kind of stuff um <laughs> I think there's some other talk going on. The digs thing scared a lot of people. People, a lot of people are worried about uh, Slay as a trade. Um, I don't know. I don't know about about Slay right now. One thing I, I do know is the Lions want people to buy in the system that support the coaches and and do what they're supposed to do, do their job. Right? Um, Slay's got a lot of talk. He's got a lot of swagger. I think it's both good and bad. Um, he's is a, even though he's he's 30, I think um, he's still a young guy. Right, I mean, he's still a young a, 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 a kid, and he and it's okay. You know, I'm not I'm not trying to be you know crotchety old man Jones over here. You know, getting yelling at people on my lawn, but um, there's times where you you kind of bite your lip because it is a business. And then we talked about it in the last the podcast. Slay held out during you know mandatory camp and training camp this year because for him it was a business. Um, with this whole idea of uh, him reacting to Slay that way, it's like, hey, man, that's the other side of the business. You just got to swallow. You can't play one side of that game and, and think that you're immune from the other side. Um, people saying he's gone. I don't think he's gone. I think uh, Slay stays. I think it all depends, though, on his uh, contract situation and how those talks are going right now. That's probably the one thing that would make him shake <laughs> available to shake free now and trade bait right now, um, kind of like Tate was. Uh, that's the one thing that could lose us then. But if again, take this win, we're good. We're going away to the Raiders. I think that's going to be a tough game, but I don't think it's it's one we shouldn't win. We're going to be at the Bears. I think we beat the Bears. We're a better team than the Bears. Then you got the Cowboys, who are a hell of a wild card, but that's at home. There's going to be a, looks like a win oh. in Washington. The Bears at home at the Vikings doesn't smell good. <laughs> uh, the Bucks at home, the Broncos, those are all teams that are beatable. And then we got the Pack at home. I mean, I think the end of this year. We're going to look back and feel differently about the um, this team's uh, record than we do right now. So I think this is the start of kind of the easier part of the team's schedule. Um, what about you, Trev? Yeah, but, Where, where's your head at? Yeah, I, I just wanted to say, like, I think that this is my 32nd Lions season, I believe. <laughs> so <laughs> every year, you, we, we do this every year, there is a pattern. It's a, It's like a grief cycle. It's uh, so you yes. you come in to the season and you're hit you're hear about off season trades and the draft and by the time the first game starts right up until the kickoff of the first game you're at this fever pitch and then this year was weird because we had a tie but you can like win a game or two at the beginning of the season and it's you're really high on the team and then inevitably at some point in the season we have a bad game or we get screwed by the refs out of a, a close game mm-hmm. and then we like the grab a couple wobbly. of losses, <laughs> we grab a couple of losses. And then, um, it there's, I had this game, there's one game every year that I call my emotional divestment game. So <laughs> <laughs> it's this game where you're, you, it's part of why I stopped drinking on game day too. Right. You, <laughs> you just, you have this game where it's like, okay, I built the lions up to this thing in my head over the off season. And now they're showing me that they're not quite that. Um, this year it was probably well, yeah, the- exactly. And it's yeah, exactly. And that's, and that's the frustrating part is like, you know, being a, you know, a fan 
like for example, earlier today, you know, I'm talking to my buddy in Seattle and I'm, you know, I'm excited about the first quarter, two TDs. And then, you know, like two minutes later, it's 13, 14. And he's just like, wow, I can't believe you guys are only winning by a point to New York, you know? So it's stuff like that. That's just frustrating. And then, you know, you're talking to people, you know, like fans, like, you know, the Seahawks fans or the saints or, you know, the, the Patriots, the Cowboys, all these guys that, you know, have teams that you know, um, just carry a little bit more weight. So do you think that mm-hmm. in my, I guess, like fan lifetime, is this going to be, you know, an exciting time to, to be a young fan, you know, going into maybe an era where we, we do have that, that respect or, or is this <laughs> well, kind of a, that, a tool? <laughs> well, based on our past, it can't actually get any worse than, uh-huh. than, than Chris oh, and I's lifetime. Oh, oh don't say that. We can always... <laughs> <laughs> so but what I would tell you is that like, I, I still believe, I believe in this coaching staff. I think they're, they're headed in the right direction and the front office, I think they've had some wobble, they have some like questionable things, but I think they're, they're building the system the right way. Um, I, yeah. but I would tell you though, that like, I, I would be they're they're I'm a pretty much an eternal optimist lions fan. Like, and sometimes I get a little down, but generally I'm captain sunshine, right? But in the back of your head, you kind of know that at some point they're going to blow it. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean the season. It might mean a game, but like watching the game today, I was texting Chris and he was like, we're going to get this today. And I was like, I hope so. And he was like, no, we got this. And I was like, are you sure? (laughs) Why don't we, why don't we watch this and just see what happens? It's like, you want them to win, but if there's a boneheaded blown play and uh, you're always waiting. For it doesn't. It. it doesn't surprise you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's something new. So, but what I would tell you though is that um, no matter what this team looks like, they're always fun to watch. It's there's always something yeah. crazy going on, and and we have a lot of optimism. Our team is still really young, besides our quarterback and Don Muleback. <laughs> <laughs> our team is really young. Um, I think headed the right direction, but um, I'll tell you, yeah. There's, there's. I have more hope for this team now than I've had in a while. <laughs> the, you know, the, yeah. and I'm watching the chat go by, and it, it, they brought up a good point. You need seven more wins in the last nine games, which is a lot to ask, right? But we've played our hardest games already, except the one against Minnesota and the one against the Packers. Interestingly, I look at the uh, the rest of the schedule, and I see five wins that we should totally have right there okay so we need two more out of the last four that aren't automatics and a playoff team will get those if we are indeed a playoff team we will get two out of those four tough games i have a feeling we're going to be real close we're going to be on the edge we may be in we may not it's going to be one of those borderline things 10 wins i think gets you in especially with a tie um because somebody else needs 11 right and then and, and to get two teams with 11 in the in the division is going to be really hard to find um it's it's going to be an interesting year. It's going to be an interesting year, but uh, I think the trajectory of the team is in the right direction. I think for young folks, you got you know where how this team is getting built. Uh, you know, not not just kind of doing this one year shot for the the, the title kind of thing. Building a, a real solid foundation and depth and so on, and putting the right players in the people that will play the system right. Um, you think about the Patriots again. You think about that as kind of the blueprint. I'm sure it's an evolution of that blueprint. 
anybody who takes a job and does something for a while and goes to another company, they take their blueprint for how they did their things with them. And they, they evolve that into their way as they take more leadership positions. They take what they've learned from other leaders and they evolve that into their own. That's absolutely what's happening here. And I think we're going to see some fruits of that over so time. How frustrating is it going to be? So how frustrating is it going to be if, you know, like the lines do lay an egg or two this season and lose some of those games that, you know, we as fans expect them to win, but especially the front office expects them to win. Like how frustrating is that going to be to see like completely start over? You know, I I think that, I think we always get a couple frustrating losses. I I don't think this team is built to run to the Super Bowl this year. Um, I would give it a few more years, a couple more drafts. Um, We're just not as good as, like we were to say the 49ers this year, but like, we're not as good as the Patriots. And remember, 20 teams a year and, miss the playoffs. So there's 20 yeah, teams a year that experience that. We're probably, I would say we're a good, like, you're, you're one year to three years away from making noise, like some significant noise and uh, a couple of drafts. Um, we just we just don't have talent at linebacker right now. We were like had no that's depth. rough. We had no depth and like three stars when when Quinn took over. It was, he had a big rebuild to do. So, but there's also it's also saying that like we're talking about this plan that exists out in out in the ether, the the Patriot way, if you will, <laughs> or what the fuck ever. But in Chris's in Chris and I's lifetime, having a plan is new <laughs> before there was no goddamn plan. It was, it was a bunch of, it was, a, it was just a bunch of people running around with no idea what they're doing. Yeah. And they would be bad enough to get Barry Sanders as a draft pick or whoever. And then they'd have a, they'd have a one ring circus for about five years and then start over. Again. Yeah. Calvin Johnson, <laughs> so, same thing, right? I mean, over and over we'd get the one player and then that was, that was the guy. And the one rings, that's great, great one. I'm going to keep that in the one ring circuit. Yeah. So we um, want, we want guys, not just guy yeah, yeah. <laughs> for a long time. It's just been guy. We need a team of guys. Yep, yep. <laughs> hey man, we're going to let you go. Got for some sure. other calls. We want to, we want to grab here. All right. Awesome. Thanks All right, so much, guys. Yeah. Thanks a lot for calling, man. All right. Uh, got another one coming in here. It's Brett. Hey, Brett. How, you haven't had any today. Have you? For me? <laughs> Now, I think I've had about six or seven or maybe eight or nine. I, I, either way. I figured, I figured. The man's had a few Chardonnays. <laughs> How's it going, Hey, brother? thanks for taking my call. Punk, sure, Punk Rock and Trev is out. That's awesome. Yeah, good times. <laughs> so, my biggest comment, don't get me wrong, love the win. I'm so happy. I can't even begin to tell you. And by the way, I didn't tell you, two weeks ago, I got my first Lions tattoo. My first tattoo in 25 years. I got really? a Lions tattoo. Where, I did. Can you share where it's at? <laughs> it is on my shoulder, okay, not okay. To, to, to bring the whole broadcast down. My oldest son is uh, going through cancer right now. Mm. Um, it's oh. survivable. He's 18. He'll be okay someday, but that's where his cancer was. And he and I had season tickets last year. So I did a nice little cancer tribute Lions tattoo on my shoulder. Nice, nice. Man, 25 years. Best of luck, man. Best of luck to the boy, man. We're behind you. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He'll do good. He'll do. He'll be all right. Cool, cool. But so my my biggest thing with the team is, uh, first of all, the Bevel hire is looking better and better every week. The guy is planning against the, you know, the opposing team's weaknesses like there's no tomorrow. 
I know he's had difficulty scoring in the second half, especially in those harder games against the higher level competition. But I mean, the lateral pass today from the running back back to Stafford to hit Galladay for the touchdown was just absolutely brilliant. Oh, bad! We can just have we're having fun out there. Oh yeah, (laughs) that's so new. And the the opening flea flicker last week. I mean, it's it is this guy is absolutely planning his butt off. But I personally think it's time probably to move on from Pasqualoni. I know this is Patricia's defense. But just like he brought in Bevel, who was not a guy that he previously worked with but had respected, I think it's probably time for him to go grab a young defensive mind that they can bounce things off of because this defense just looked atrocious. I know today they held Saquon Barkley to less than 70 yards rushing, but they gave gave up 80 yards receiving to Barkley, so he's still 150 or whatever from scrimmage. Sure. I got they something for you on something that. Else. I got something for yeah. you on that. I think this is kind of part of the the HR part of the world, right? Remember when when we hired Patricia, we hired him at the very latest possible point, right? Because they they won the right. the Super Bowl. He had to put a, a a staff together really really quick, and he wound up grabbing Pasqualoni because he knew him, right? And we 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 stuck with Jim Bob. I think he knew at the beginning of the year that the Junior Bacon Cheeseburger was going to be gone after <laughs> the first year. I think he felt okay with the defense the way it was and didn't want to flip both sides in the same year because that's, you know, that's taking two skillets of hotcakes and doing the in the air flip at the same time. One's going to hit the floor for sure. Right. And I feel like he felt okay with, with where they were. I wouldn't be surprised in the least if Pasqualani uh, was gone at the end of this year and and we brought somebody else in. And I think that's just part of the plan. Well, my fear is Pasqualani's running his defense and he trusts him to run Mm -hmm. the Patricia defense. Mm -hmm. I think he needs somebody who can challenge him and, and maybe take that defense to another level because it was uh, throughout the season this year. It's been awful. I mean, well, don't get me wrong. The other thing I said, I, and I said to my kid today was, uh, if Quandary Diggs is still on this team, Derek Slayton doesn't have two touchdowns. Might have one. He doesn't have to. <laughs> Interesting, yeah. <laughs> but well, I tell you, yeah, and, and I, I think there's two parts to that. I think with the injuries, I mean, we're missing personnel yeah. as well on defense. Sure. I think that's part of Bevel's problem is he doesn't have the personnel, specifically the running back, that he needs to run the the type of the right. offense exactly the way he wants. And I think that comes with yeah. time. And and Quinn, I think this draft we're going to see another significant heave forward in. Uh, or Bethel High School. Oh, that's you. <laughs> um, in, 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 in the the team's ability. So I'm not as worried. I think Pasqualoni is gone um, again at the end of this year. I think that's just part of the evolution of what this team is going to be and the growth of this team. And I think you're going to find, God, I mean, I, I, this probably wouldn't work with Patricia and him together. But God, can you imagine Jim Schwartz? And Matt Patricia's minds oh, together I, creating a defense. Oh, I think he'd, he'd never come back. No, no, there's no, no. no way. Well, even if he would, right? I don't think the two of them could get along. <laughs> could Tulu and Rise oh, on the no. Detroit River if that happened? Yeah, that would be- <laughs> they definitely could shake hands. That wouldn't go well. <laughs> but somebody, I, I, I think, think somebody that caliber is on their way. Go ahead, Trev. Sorry. I think it's weird that we can never have two nice things. <laughs> we, we can have like this year the offense looks better than it has in the past five years, probably um, yeah. not looking at the numbers, but last year they look like dog shit. <laughs> and last year yeah. our defense was awesome. It's the best it's been since 2014 this year. Our defense looks like dog shit. So yeah. why can't we have two things that are like 
only kind of shitty or like <laughs> you can never have them on the same page. One has, right. one's always carrying the other and it's this perpetual juggling game. I need right. well, somebody. And last year it seemed like the defense got better as the year went on. This year it's just mired. It's not getting any better. Even as personnel are coming back, I mean, obviously there's injuries and people going out or getting traded, but it's just not looking better. Yeah. And uh, it, it makes me very afraid. Yep. Can somebody look up somewhere for me and that maybe in the chat, how many third down penalties we've taken to give them first downs? And then <laughs> if you can see how many of those were in the red zone, I'd appreciate it as well, because I think literally if that was out of the off the table, if those things hadn't right. happened, I think we look at this difference, the, this defense completely differently. Well, the penalty gods did give us a gift today on the rough, uh, the running into the kicker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he did lift his hand up into his ankle. Come on. <laughs> Sam he pulled a real Aaron Rodgers on that one. <laughs> he slid into his plant leg. So I'm like, hey, it's his plant leg. You got to protect the kicker. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, schools of dramatic arts. <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, we got another call coming. I want to grab it, okay? Really quick. All right. No All right. problem. Thanks, buddy. Hey, caller, what's your name? How many have you had so far? Hey, Chris? Yeah, how you doing? Ah, there's the old buddy down here in Ozark, oh, Brandon. How you Brandon. doing? How you doing, buddy? I could tell your voice. I could tell it. I thought when I heard, when you first said it, it was you. How you doing, my man? Uh, listen, uh, you know, I uh, and you responded to it because you, you gave it a break. But after every Lions win, I always put up this silly little gift of a some guy with a lion's head on, doing a thumbs up. I found it on Twitter. I put that on after every lion's win. It's been a month, man. That's <laughs> <laughs> only because of the bye week, brother. Don't worry about it. It's okay. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I but it's still, it, it, was so, it was so long. Usually they put it in frequently used to stay there. It's been so long, I, could, I almost couldn't find it. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, man. But the... Well, it's just like everybody's been saying, this wound up being a harder-fought game than it should have been, but that's actually that's the way the Giants have been playing. And their shortcomings is their youth, especially in their young quarterback. I saw some throws that he should have made to other receivers that were open that he didn't make. Mm-hmm. And, and, in fact, I saw a couple of them, Stafford did the same thing, but uh, they were a whole lot less. But it was almost, did you get the idea almost uh, as the offense was running that third and that we got the, you know, first and 10, then it was second and nine and then third and eight as, Oh, he'll make this. And he did for 20 yards. You know, it's just a, he's a kid with with a lot of potential boy that, that, uh, you know, he's going to wind up being probably a pretty good quarterback in the NFL, a lot better than I thought. Um, the last the guffaws that I let loose when they when they picked him in the draft were were hardy and deep, but he he's looking a lot better than I thought he was going to, particularly in his first year. He's so gonna be think, better than Trubisky. Yeah. <laughs> oh <my laughs> Those guffaws are still ra- still rattling off the walls here, right? <laughs> but also, and it came yeah, up in the chat. Was, uh... I, I want to give him credit, but I don't remember who wrote it. This is the first time the Giants had their whole offense all year. So, I mean, oh my. if you think about it, we were probably f- the first team to play the the whole Giants team. So, I don't want to say that that's, you know, a lot, but maybe it probably made it a more difficult game than it needed to be on defense. I, I tell you what, I'm looking forward to what Justin Rogers does in the way of his breakdown, and I'm going to ask him 
if he can figure out how much of a difference Deshaun Hand actually did make for this defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know that he was more on passing downs, but boy, that first series, they were just looked like they were on fire. Yeah. Uh, and Jones couldn't do anything, but then finally he got a little bit of a rhythm, and then he went six for six and drove him down the field. And I thought, uh-oh, uh, here we go. You know what I want? But, uh, uh, I, I, yeah. I got to ask this, Brandon, because I've got one of the – I got the guy right here. I need uh, – it could maybe be a still pick, but it's probably better someone who can work with Premier of when Snacks hits the ground, like when he when he runs and then he comes down and hits the ground. I need a a, a gif of Twinkies and Ho-Hos and shit flying out of his, out of his pockets when he hits the ground. Oh, I, I thought you'd, I thought you'd – I thought you'd go for an earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> Little Debbie popping out on the field. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, listen, I don't need to keep you on here forever, of course, but uh, I, I just will say this. It's certainly nice to get a good win. Uh, I, I will say it is good, even though it was only about five points. I'd, I'd guess 31-17, but uh, still, Stafford hit, what, he hit three touchdowns, even mm-hmm. though he threw an interception that was mm-hmm. ill-advised. Um, so he's racking it up, man. And, uh, the guy, the guy, you know, I just hope, I was hoping they would go back to the Lenahan offense of 2011 where they used the tight ends a lot. Uh, of course, Bevel is not Lenahan, but that was successful, especially when we lost job at best. I think you're going to uh, see, there you go. I think you're going to see more of it toned or tailored to who we're playing. I think it's going to be focused more yeah. on the matchups than, than maybe using, using one thing and saying, we're going to beat you with this. I think we're we're kind of lining our offense up to beat the defenses we're playing. So we'll see a lot of different kind of things. I think it's partially why we're seeing a lot of different receivers catching the ball out there too. That's what I was gonna say. That's that's why well, we I'm see with the man today. That's why we see one guy be uh, the guy every week because they find yeah, the best I'm matchup. Sorry. I was gonna say, uh, yeah, I was just gonna say Amendola was the man today, and. Uh, uh, it just it, it, that's the way Linehan's offense was. You didn't know who's going to step up, and then when they did, they they wound up with something good good going on. But uh, uh, after everything's said and done, at least we can uh, uh, laugh and carry on this week. Uh, won't hear all the haters in the in the radio shows all by, all week long. Oh, I can actually there. go back to listen to the radio for once. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, guys. All Thanks right, a lot. Thanks Bye-bye. a lot, brother. Be good. Thank you. I think the the haters don't ever go away. They just kind of change their tune. Like, uh, yeah. they'll say the Lions can't win a big game, and then after a game like this, they'll say the, the Lions didn't play well enough against the Giants. And the ones that crawl yeah. under a rock for a couple of weeks, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> after a loss or two, then they come out. I told you, yeah. Like they, they were all. It's like, oh god, you're such an intention seeker, such a weak, weak person. It's so funny. <laughs> like, they're more excited to be right than they are to have the Lions win a game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right, 248-782-8384, 248-782-8384, or if you want to use Skype, it's all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast. You can call in. We'll take your call. We'll talk to you. I know some of you have tried to call. You probably got the uh, the message that just means that uh, we were talking to somebody on the phone like we are right now. Hey, caller, what's your name? How many of you had so far? Yo, what's up, Chris? Hey, how you doing, man? Who is this? I'm good. Brad from Oakland. How are you? Brad from Oakland, man. I'm good. Have you had anything yet today, or are you doing okay? No, I'm doing fine. I mean, we got a W, so I can't complain too much. But, uh, yeah, I I joined the live chat uh, or the live feed about 10 minutes ago. I didn't catch everything beforehand, but, uh, but I did catch, you know, Trev, 
you know, talking about how you and him, uh, you know, we're just happy about having a team plan. And I, I'm also happy about that. And, <laughs> you know, I'm not, I don't think I'm, you know, I don't mean any offense by it, but I don't think I'm as quite as old as you guys are, but I've been mm. around and, <laughs> and for, quite a, for quite a while. <laughs> but, oh, God. Uh, Get the paddles. <laughs> yeah, I know. Get the hearse. I think any line, <laughs> yeah. Any Lions fan leading up till today should be in the same boat, in my opinion. So. <laughs> So what do you think, man? I'm looking at this. This is this to me is like a foundational win. This is something. Okay, it wasn't spectacular. It wasn't uh, we beat them by 50 points. Although I would look, these things are silly, right? But in my my kind of back of my head, I'm saying we beat them by 12 because we gave them a garbage time TD at the end. But whatever, it doesn't matter. This was a good solid win. We took an NFL team who has a good offense, especially when all the players are there, and we stopped them and we beat them. And it's something you can build on towards you know next week's game that you can take to with you to the raiders to oakland and um see what you can do i'm going to be actually i'm going to be up in uh right near trev in the bay area there right near oakland uh, to do <laughs> next week's podcast and, and, and we're, we're gonna yeah. see if we can get trev to show up live and do some stuff too but um it, i'm gonna be in the area i'm gonna be in enemy territory i'm just gonna miss the game by a day because i gotta stop i have to do on the way there but um, this is something you can take with you on the road and build on. And you you win that Raiders game, and then all of a sudden, you're, you're coming back to play Chicago. I think it's Chicago after that, right? After the Raiders? It is. I'm going to that one. Oh, there you go. Yep. And, uh, yeah, you're going to Chicago there from, from Oakland. It's, I am. Uh, you're taking something with you. Those <laughs> two wins there right there. I mean, I think that leads you to your third, right? And then you got the Cowboys at home. This is something where you can build a chain off of. And uh, and this team can build on. Um, it, it was needed though. Take, taking a loss out of Ford Field and uh, and rolling into Oakland would have been a, a really really tough a tough road to hoe. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. It would it would suck too because I have like eight family members and friends joining me in the game because mm-hmm. I'm going to the game uh, next weekend. Sure. To at the Coliseum. So Ooh. it was going into a completely meaningless game. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I wanted to go to that one. I wanted to go to that one, but my, uh, my girlfriend's a Raiders fan and she doesn't want me to get stabbed. <laughs> She's like, don't go just stay home. Order pizza. <laughs> oh, oh, pizza. <laughs> oh, pizza. <laughs> oh man. Uh, you know what? My wife doesn't follow the NFL, so she doesn't really understand the repercussions with me going there. So, <laughs> so I'm going anyway. Whatever. <laughs> but, uh, Good luck, bud. <laughs> but, but uh, anyways, I, I want. I did have a point in my call. I guess uh, I know we're all anxious, you know, to be Super Bowl contenders with you know the, the Lions fan base. You know, maybe before even going there, you know, we just wanted to try to get some, you know, playoff wins and such. But uh, my thought, my thought process is such that, you know, maybe we should focus on, you know, uh, where we were when Bob Quinn came into the picture. You know, we were, we were kind of stagnant and desperate to just get a playoff berth. We kind of are still there, but at the same time, like we were talking about, we still we actually have a plan and a process. I feel that the organization that we have today has at least 
four or more milestones within their plan than we had before. And so I think the, the fan base needs to focus on that. We need to just understand that there is a picture, there's a forward thinking picture. There's a plan with milestones in place. It's not just like gaining playoff berth. It's gaining a winning tradition. And I, I, I think, you know, it's, it's frustrating because we've, we've, you know, tallied up these losses, you know, these L's on our you know record. Um, if we had the W's instead, we wouldn't be in this position, but we were talking, or you guys were actually talking, uh, you know, a few weeks back on the actual culture and the change of the culture and how this is a different type of, you know, tradition and, you know, uh, viewpoint, you know, towards the way that we, you know, look at each week. Yeah. Um, you know, game in and game out. And so it, it just, it feels different, I guess you could say. No, it so. does. It feels like we have a professional organization in the front office. That's the thing that I think is really, really different about the, the Lions right now compared to, I mean, I, it's easy to point at Millen and say, see, see, but I mean, with the, the, the bikes, the motorcycles and everything, if you remember when it was, when, when they hired Morning, <laughs> it was just silly. It was just silliness at how, how, how much yeah. of a joke the organization was. And even, I mean, look, Martin Mayhew wasn't as much of a dope as people like to say he was, but he wasn't as good as many people say either. And I think a lot of the time he was just out of his depth and taking a flyer at, at a number of those draft picks, and he was trying to swing for the fences to try to get that one guy, right, that's going to push us over the top without thinking really, you know, a good house that that does well for a long time is built in a solid foundation. And I'm, I won't – you'll never shake me off of, you know, the NFL changes in a lot of ways from years to years to years. But you look at the, the New England Patriots as a model, and it's a hell of a model to follow because they've won Super Bowls with 52 different people on the team. Right. It's Belichick and it's Brady. And then a completely different roster has won Super Bowls when they started the dynasty till today. And there's something to be said for being able to rotate through a a roster like that and maintain that kind of greatness. And it's it's organizational quality. It's organizational build. It's having that plan. It's all those things. So um, it takes time, especially when you're where the teams this team was. When Bob Quinn took over, that was that's a deep hole, and I and I have to say, part of it I think is also psychological. It's it's the city, and the city way wears in on the players. They hear it, right? I mean, they they hear what's going. Oh, not again! You're a rookie. You're like, what do you mean, not again? And then you start looking at the <laughs> history, and all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, not again, right? Oh, the rest <laughs> did it again. Oh, we're gonna lose, right? I mean, that kind of culture you you need to change. It changes with the front office. It changes with the coaching, and um, it changes. As you as you change players and build guys that win and play in the system that you play in, so it's a longer process. It takes a while. My biggest fear, actually, for this team's growth and and continued uh, ongoing success is what the CBA means um, to players and and, and rosters uh, if if they go on strike or when when what happens going forward because that that's just going to be that it's a total lions thing. That's going to be the thing that halts us and can causes a reset where we have to restage our roster based on new rules or something stupid that comes out of that CBA. So we'll see. We'll see how right. it goes. All right, man. Hey, uh, Trev, I'm going to let, I'm going to, I'm going to hang up here. I'm going to let you go, Trev. All right. Hey, caller. Thanks a lot for calling, man. I appreciate uh, you jumping in on us. No problem. Right, have bro. a good time, guys. See Thanks, man. Be in. Thanks. I think it's, it's good to get to a, and part of why we feel a little disappointed in some games like the Chiefs game or uh, the Packers game, especially the Minnesota game, why we feel disappointed is because we've gotten to a point where we expect our team to go out and play hard 
and we expect them to, to make the plays necessary to win the game. Um, not necessarily to win every week, but we expect them to at least make it close every week. And that's by far and away different than, uh, than it was 10 years ago. 10 years ago, we were just hoping that they could put 53 men with their shirts on the right way on the field. <laughs> you know, like it, it, now, now we, we expect to have a, a competent football team. We expect to have, um, something that's not a complete shit show. So that's, that's a good thing. I think even though it feels disappointing when we, when we do lay up an egg, Mm -hmm. it's good to have that expectation or it's good to like have earned that type of expectation from our team. Um, So I think that's definitely different than what we've seen in the past. And, uh, a good sign that we're moving forward. Yeah. Well, I mean, and then the players on the field, did you see Stafford's winks today? Two different touchdowns, two different winks. (laughs) <laughs> did you see it and then they, 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 no, they cut away the commercials it. twice he's up there and uh <clears throat> they show the throw and the big catch and like yeah and they, then they cut to stafford walk off the field with his big smile and he's like does the big with a wink <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> i just i had to mention that just to, to kind of refresh people's memory who saw it my, my wife was texting me earlier we were talking about it being amandola's day and she was like it's just as much holidays as amandola's and then she said and whoever Stafford was winking at. <laughs> <laughs> we should talk at some point about how Stafford is quietly having the best year of his career. Yeah. This may be the best year of his career. I think statistically it's pretty close. Um, he is this close to passing Joe Montana in all time passing. He passed him today. Actually, he passed he, him today with that uh, lateral thought, pass. That's the that's actually the play that he passed Joe Montana. On. Oh, I thought Montana was the next one up on the list. Okay, so <laughs> like he's nineteen. Now. He, I, I I have no time anymore for anyone who who thinks Stafford is some sort of problem. It it's clearly trolling at this point. There, yeah. he's statistically better than Joe Montana. Um, <laughs> So, well, but he wasn't that great. I mean, you're, you're setting a little bar, Trev. I don't even know who Joe Montana I mean, is. Yeah, it, it, but it's it's all the W's. If he had like a, a, he had a few playoff runs in there, he would he might they might be looking at him to be a Hall of Famer. Like, but it's just it's this it's it's there's there's not enough around or historically there hasn't been enough around him yeah. to to foster that. Like I'm hoping that he's not the next guy, you know, you know, like I'm hoping he's not the next Barry Kelvin Stafford. He'll be fine. He's going to be fine. He's yeah. We've got, we've got to win something for him because Kelvin is, Oh my God. Kelvin's problem (laughs) is he didn't play enough years. I I believe that Stafford's going to be a hall of famer. I really do. He's just that, that tier quarterback, A, 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 a Super Bowl win would certainly seal it, right? <laughs> but uh, I just think he'll, he'll be able to pull that off. Um, Joe B has a question uh, from the slat, uh, from the chat. Can you guys do a Detroit Red Wings podcast? I've actually thought about that a lot. If I did, I'd want to do it differently than than starting this one out. Um, I, I'd want to affiliate it with the Wings and put something together um, or something like that. that. That would be a lot of fun. Been a long time wings fan. I saw someone earlier. I missed the 97 wings. Yeah, those were, those were really, really good times. Um, I had some really, really good cigars in those years, <laughs> by the way, with those wins, it was, it was a good time, but um, no, it's, it's, it's something we thought about. It's, it's definitely not off the table, but, um, we won't be starting one tomorrow. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and while we're not, I will just shout out the winged wheel podcast. 
Yeah. Those yeah. guys do such a great job. Yeah. yeah, uh, Great analysis. Yeah. Check them out. Yeah, too. for sure. Um, okay. So let's see what else we got. Thoughts on trading slate. Let, we'll hit that. Let me hit the phone number first. 248-782-8384. 248-782-8384. It's on the screen for God's sakes. How are you missing that? Uh, or also hit us at Detroit Lions Podcast, which is all one word on Skype. Detroit Lions Podcast. Okay. Uh, we talked about it a little early. Uh, Jiggly Scrub wants to know, um, why don't you go ahead and talk about your case for trading Darius Slay, Trev? Uh, I don't know. It's a, a job like that. It's okay. It's okay. I think I could make one. So, um, he is twenty-eight years old, I believe. I Thirty. I'm looking right now. Go ahead. You keep making your case. I'll tell you how long. Okay. So Slay is coming up on a big paycheck. Yep, twenty-eight. He's coming up on a big paycheck. He's inching in on the higher side of 30 or the, uh, the he's inching closer to 30. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what I just said, um, <laughs> but um, you're on the higher side of whatever you're talking about, but go ahead. <laughs> and if uh, that's the case that you make, you, you don't want to pay an older cornerback because cornerbacks at some point lose a step. And it's usually around 30 years old that they're not quite fast enough or agile enough to keep up with the young receivers. And that either entails um, becoming Charles Woodson and moving to safety and continuing your career being just wrecking the game yeah. <laughs> or, or you move on and get replaced by a younger safety or a younger um cornerback for on a rookie contract that's cheaper. If you're looking at the dollar, the pure dollars and cents of it, um, it saves us a ton of money and we get a young cornerback uh, to develop. That said, it is very hard to find a number one franchise level uh, CB one. Um, there's mm-hmm. not, there's not 32 of them in the league. Um, let, they're, they're kind of like quarterbacks. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> mortgaging your future on uh, <laughs> on the, th- the thought that you could take a, a young guy and make him into a ne- the next Darius Slay when you could have just kept Darius Slay for a few more years. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Like, I don't even like the digs move, honestly. Um, but really, that's, that's the case. The case for it is that you move him while he still has value um, because you're not going to be good now. You're going to be good in a few years. And by then you'll have, use that draft capital to, or, uh, uh, to trade up or, or to, tr- to trade a pick or trade a player to get someone that's back at that level. Who's young, who's younger than slave would have been at that point And, uh, who can replace them for cheaper, yeah. but it's a gamble. You have to really believe in yourself to do something like that. You need to draft your, your cornerbacks. I mean, the cornerback is the toughest because it takes two to three years before they're, they really show their value. The most you get out of a rookie contract is five when you do the option. And then they they cost a whole lot of money. Um, on one hand, it's really nice to uh, have someone else train somebody up and know what you get when you sign them up. But even then, right, it's a little bit different. Every scheme is a little different. Um, it's, it's, it's a tough call. The cornerback position, um, one of the most athletic positions on the field. And you get guys, um, oh, who did the... Oh God, I can't remember his name. When the when the Eagles signed for forty six billion dollars, um, the one corner that was going to be the shutdown corner, and they their defense was going to be just vicious, like four years ago, five years ago, and uh, they fell off the face of the earth. I forget. I'm sorry, it just it's escaping me, and I remember. I, 
it was a tough name to pronounce and I still, I still can't even remember it. It's very easy. I can't remember either. Um, <laughs> See, that's the thing though. Like you're I keep wanting to say Aguilar, but it's not, I mean, he's a wide receiver, right? I mean, he's not, the, I forget it was before, anyway, either way. Um, but there, but yeah, it's it, the thing. The funny thing about corners is that you might draft this, this guy you think is going to be a world beater corner and you won't know for three years, whether he is or not, yep. you, you won't know if he's even probably a starter until his second year. So, that and if you get to that third year and you guessed wrong, then you gotta start all over again. That's I think that's why uh, the Patriots in particular value cornerbacks and they always try to bring. They, yeah. It seems like they bring one in every year. Yeah. That's what Amani Arroyo is this year. Yeah. Um, he's the he's the plan for a year or two from now when we need another corner. I think he has the skills to do that. Not seeing the field though. Yeah. I mean. It happens a lot for first year corners not to see the, the the field and work out and practice and stuff. But I need I, I just I, I think he has the skills. I just want to see him pull this off. I don't want him to be the guy that we all thought should go in the second round. We want him getting him like a fourth, and then he wound up you know being a fourth round level talent. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I have more hope for him now than I ever had for Tease Taper. Oh yeah! Oh uh-huh. yeah! Oh yeah! For sure. Tease so that's that's a great case though. Like you pick Tease up. And you think maybe he's, I would assume they'd, they'd draft a tease to be CB2 next to Slay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or a slot, maybe because he's a little slower. But the if you. CB2 is an underrated yeah. position. I'm going to tell you. Everyone it really that, is. That number they, one guy is like, ooh, ooh, ooh. That's usually an obvious position. That second guy is the one that. He gets all the targets, though. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's important. Important. So. If you, but since we struck out there, then we had to go through free agency and find Coleman and Rashawn Melvin mm-hmm. and all these other guys. Um, if we had hit on that pick, we save a bunch of money not signing a free agent. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes a big difference in, in drafting corners. And drafting corners is like drafting a goalie in hockey. It's all voodoo. Like nobody really knows what they're going to be. Yeah. They, they, they could be something completely different. Than three years from when you draft them. So, yeah. and and the one thing that I feel good about with Quinn, not that he's not been good in free agency because he's he's done some some really significant signings and done really really well. Justin Coleman's one who he's tapered a little bit lately, but he's he was obviously a big win. Uh, a couple other guys he's done well. But his draft is where the money's at. His draft is is where this is this team's going to find its long term success because he's done really really well in picking talents. All the way through the draft, except in, in the second round. <laughs> you're you're never going to get the the world beating player in free agency because if they are the world, they're a world beating player. They're not a free agent. They're gonna or they're gonna beat the rest of your team <laughs> down with the, the the cost with the the salary cap impact. Right? right. So you either give you give up four throws of the dartboard for. Uh, for a big free agent like Khalil Mack or whoever. Mm-hmm. And the Bears did that, and now they're not looking so hot, and they don't have, they don't have any draft capital. They're, they're, the no Bears reason. are going to be down just in, in, maybe without some kind of incredible Mitch Trubisky, Jesus-like resurgence from the grave. He, <laughs> The Bears will not be will not win the division for the next four years simply because they don't have the draft capital to improve their team from right now. Right. Yep. yep. Um, and we don't want to be in that situation either. So, uh, 
<laughs> we kind of came a long way from talking about Slay, but yeah. I can uh, bring it back. We got in, in the Slay, uh, Don H, the crap about loyalty. Where do the fans fit in that conversation? Slay would throw us over for the right coin. Don't get me wrong. I love him. And I understand he's butthurt, but that's it. And I, I'll go back, Don. What we said early on was he did throw us over when it was training camp, when it was mandatory camp, and 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 he didn't show. He was too busy worried about his contract. I got to tell you, this year he hasn't really pay, played. <laughs> I'm glad we didn't give him another contract or a bunch more money because he hasn't he hasn't earned any of it. Number one, but he threw the the loyalty overboard trying to weasel up a contract, you know, two years ahead of time and then turns around now and isn't playing to any contract he would have gotten had they decided to play ball with him. Um, for him part to- of me doesn't always, sorry, part of me always doesn't yeah. believe that's, it's all slay though. Uh, from what I know, his agent is a little bit of a weasel. Rosen- <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And so oh, yeah. I, I don't know yeah, if that's, <laughs> but that, I think a lot of the players just don't even look at it. They let that's why they pay their agent. They pay their agent to handle it. Yep. And Rosenhaus probably told them, uh, you can drum up some publicity and uh, maybe get a get an extension out of the Lions if you hold out. And he was like, Okay, you're the agent. You know what's best. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. I think like so some of that's overrated on the players' part. I think they, they just do what they're told to some yeah, extent. Absolutely. But they they still are the boss. Right. The agent works for them. And Don says, but fans lose if the team treats trades as business or the players do. But that is the reality of what we're looking at. It is a business. And if you look at New England again, they've traded everybody away or let them retire or brought people in. They have no loyalty to anybody but Belichick and Tom Brady, obviously. (laughs) Right. And Tom Brady only because he's got a supermodel wife who makes more than he does. So he doesn't need the big salary. He won't. He doesn't have to fight for it. They have no loyalty, loyalty. It's absolutely a business for them, and they're 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 banking Super Bowls. There's, I don't think fans lose. I think the team wins. I think the uh, players who are on the team wins. You create a place where players want to fit into that system because obviously that's a winning system, and you can draw right. your talent in that way. Um, we got Amendola now. Well, he wants to play football still, right? But then, then we get him. We get some of that that great stuff that trying to build out our system with a guy who obviously still has a little a lot left in the tank, uh, playing for a team that's trying to get to a different place. I think fans lose in the fact that they invest in jerseys and stuff with player names on them. That's where you really lose, and that's the hard part. It's do you invest in the player or do you invest in the team? And it's funny. I remember way back in the day. We used to go to NASCAR out of Michigan Speedway twice a year, go have a great time and do that, do the thing. And, um, you know, you'd have your, your gear on for your driver, right? Oh, you got all that Budweiser stuff. You're going to be a Budweiser guy next year when that driver's in whatever other car. And it's like, um, I drink Budweiser. I mean, this is I'm, I'm, this is like the early nineties, right? <laughs> um, I, I drink Budweiser. Why? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Right. And it, it was, that was the question. And it's interesting, right? Because they shift where they're they're uh who their their sponsors but it's the same thing who the sponsor is the team in football right and players move around how who is it are you a team fan or are you a player fan it's possibly both and mix your loyalties up but it, it does get a little bit goofy when you start thinking about what's going on in the field if you're a, if you're a uh anthony Barr fan and the lions are playing against the uh the vikings what, what do you want a lot of sacks and, and the lions win i don't know it gets tough but it's you got to kind of pick where your loyalties lie and go with those. Yeah. I, I think if you're looking for a, if you're looking for long-term guys to be on the roster, this is not the system for you. Um, the Patriots, and I'm guessing what 
part of a Bob Quinn kind of pilfered from them is uh, a continuous improvement model. Mm -hmm. So they're constantly grinding. Keep talking sexy. That's my world right there. (laughs) (laughs) They keep grinding every day. And instead of, instead of coming out with this one shiny good team every four years or so, they're always trying to be that team. They're always hitting up against the the limit of what they can do. Mm -hmm. And, they're running analytics and if they see that three years down the road, they think they can be here and that means getting rid of slay, then they're going to get rid of slay. Mm-hmm. That that's just, that's how it is. It, it's, there's no, it's like a, it's like a robot. It's, it's just this machine that runs and it runs off analytics and it runs uh, purely as a, as a business thing. And that's, that's why if you look at the, if you look at the Patriots, it, if you're going to go buy a Patriots Jersey tomorrow, Tell me what one you would buy that isn't a Tom Brady jersey. Robert Kraft. <laughs> I'm serious. We're not, I would get we're Robert not, Kraft's name on the back because he's we're the not only a team hand job here. <laughs> maybe, well, you're I mean, yeah. <laughs> maybe you're not. Maybe you're not. Come on. <laughs> maybe, maybe later. But um, you can come down here and be Florida man, and you'll understand. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, but, uh, seriously. I mean, that's I mean that's the one guy that's going to remain on the team. Period. But that that's what makes your team a perennial contender is that you're they focus on the team as a living organism, yeah. not the team as a as a bunch of individuals. And if if that means taking your favorite player and shipping them off for for a fourth round pick, then that's not that's not in their mindset that that's going to hurt your feelings. They don't care. Right. They're trying to make the Lions win, yeah. and they're trying to make the Lions uh, per, like perpetually uh, competitive. Mm-hmm. And there's no there's no loyalty other than that goal. <laughs> and, and where's your you know the the key positions that you want to lock in? Obviously, quarterback is number one. And Matt Patricia, in taking this job, had to look at Matthew Stafford and believe he had the guy. I mean, I, I, I'm going to say something that's a little bit crazy here, and and we can have more talks of this over time. Um, but it's um, I've got my partner on my side here, so we can. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll tell you, I think Matthew Stafford's a better quarterback than Tom Brady is. Right now, for sure, he is. But I think over the course of a career, if you swapped the teams they'd be on, I think you'd see Matthew Stafford with easily Tom Brady's numbers and performance easily. The, and, and I've talked about this before in some of the podcasts, the, Aaron Rodgers, everyone says what a great quarterback he is. And, and let me back up before that. If you think about the Patriots as a team, right over, over the, since 19 or since 2005 or 2000, whatever early, right. When their dynasty kind of started, who's the second best team to the Patriots. As, who is it back then? Even 90. all the way through to today, all those years, over all the course of their dynasty, who's second best? Maybe the Packers or the Cowboys. The Packers got one Super Bowl, right? Steelers, maybe. Broncos. Right? But number two is a far drop. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> number two, yeah, for especially sure. over the course of that time. Now, let me ask you, do you think that Aaron Rodgers would be able to sit in that system and put his ego aside for the team over the course of all that time? And I'll tell you, he can't. He never would have been able. His own family hates him, right? Who's the he would quarterback? Piss somebody off. <laughs> who could, who, who's the quarterback that could sit in that system and execute that system over all those years and not have their ego take over and think that they're the reason the team is so good? 
That's a good Stafford. That's a good point. I he doesn't have much Stafford ego. Stafford could have done that absolutely and would have been the superstar of the league that everybody knew who Matthew Stafford was, first ballot Hall of Famer, easy. And I think he would have done better, actually, in execution than Tom Brady over that course of time. That's my crazy, crazy thing. Yeah. We can I mean, talk that's, to the that, later. <laughs> that's interesting. Like, we're talking about the Patriots as a, as a living, continuous improvement model machine yeah. that – Tom Brady is in his forties and can quarterback that team still yep. and still do really well because there is a slot. There's a cog in that machine and Tom Brady is the shape of that cog. Right. Right. So that that's really interesting that that's how it works. And that said, if you're thinking about that across the rest of the team as well, you have a cornerback and Darius Slay is a cog in their continuous improvement model machine. If he gets old and rusty, oh, a little too did. a little too expensive to replace, <laughs> or to then they're or to keep in the machine, then they're gonna swap him out for a new one they think fits that role. It's yeah. it's very it's very much that mentality, and it seems kind of heartless and cruel, but it's also like that's. That's how you build a dynasty. Yeah, yeah, and, and or at least that's that's how, as far as we know. <laughs> you, you have to be a servant of the system of the team. I, I really believe that that's how great football teams are built and maintained. And the thing that ruins and, and creates the the short termness of Indianapolis in the meantime, or of Pittsburgh in their time, or the teams that have kind of peaked and valid Carolina, right, Seattle, throughout those times is. That element of ego, that element of I'm going to get my payday, that element of because the Patriots don't care. They're not going to overpay for anybody. They'll underpay for everybody, actually. They're not overpaying <laughs> anybody. And if you want to win, you'll come here and you'll take what we pay you and you get your ring and you'll be happy and that's it. If that's why you join the NFL is to win a Super Bowl, which 85% of the players probably did, right? The others are there probably just for the paycheck. Um, at one point, you hope you can rotate through that system and be a cog in that, in that big wheel. Think about another another oddly shaped cog, um, Antonio Brown. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah. why did why would a team like the Patriots pick up Antonio Brown? Because it was a good investment. Yeah. Because he had destroyed his value over the past year, and they're like, "Let's pick this guy up." Could be terrible. Could be amazing. But we're not gonna. We're not gonna. Uh, we're not going to pay Steelers type prices for him. No, no. <laughs> We're going to bring him in on the used, the used car yeah, deal yeah. and see if we can't fix him up. And when the rest of your team is constructed the way it is, the way theirs is, you can bring in a Randy Moss and Antonio Brown, a, a LaGuerra Blunt back when they brought him in, right? Guys who may be kind of character issues or have whatever issues going on. You can bring them in because you can get rid of them just as fast as you brought them in and they know it, right? All the, yeah. all the power, if in those relationships is on the team side. So these guys have the one shot. You 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 <laughs> perform. Just do it. Keep your shit together and perform and we'll take you to the championship. Period. You bend to the will of the machine because yeah. the machine makes W's. Yeah. And if you do not bend to the will of the machine, we will throw you in the trash. And if that's, you, if you want to collect a check, that's exactly you it. You get your W's, you get your 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 rings and then you go collect a check somewhere else, right? And and, and mm -hmm. for a lot of people that's that's a great path to go, right? For sure. Like slay it's a little late maybe on his first contract to be able to go over, collect the W's and and, and then now go out and get his his big money. He'd be all set for it, right? Walking away from a team like that. So anyway, that's that's my that's my I don't say it's conspiracy, but 
that's my theory on on how all that goes. We'll do, we'll do a last call for phone calls. 248-782-8384. 248-782-8384. Detroit Lions podcast post game show. Got to talk a little bit about Peter Von Pan. I got something here. Hold on. <clears throat> Check this out. Open oh, it so you can see it. Oh man, the Genesis. It's like my childhood in a box. Yeah, right there. This <laughs> it's, it's it's a retro arcade. It's got forty games plus two bonus titles. Dig Dug. It's got all the Sonics. It's got a, a Virtua Fighter. It's got it's got all the classics. Right. Is that one as heavy as the old one? Because no. I, I don't know if that one will go through my wall in my bedroom. I mean, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, this thing's fifty pounds at least. Easy. <laughs> I got in trouble once as a child because I took a, one of those controllers and I threw it through the drywall. Oof. in my house because back then you couldn't save your games so right, if you, right, right. If you ran out of lives you were dead you were done you had to start over but you did join the <laughs> 16-bit revolution back i did <laughs> i did i picked up my hammer and sickle and marched off for the revolution <laughs> <laughs> oh man so yeah check that out uh peter von panda brought it to us check him out youtube.com slash peter von panda he's got all kinds of great reviews uh really cool stuff he's doing like he's doing like nine or ten reviews a week and a couple funny uh good comedy stuff on top of that youtube.com slash peter von panda anyone who's a patreon donor in october or november and uh by november 10th Every dollar you donate, we're going to put in as an entry into the big prize pick pool, and somebody is going to win this, courtesy of Peter Von Panda. It's awesome. Pretty awesome. <clears throat> so we got that going on. Uh, again, we'll hit the number, 248-782-8384. I may have missed a phone call while I was doing the uh, the Sega thing there. Get <laughs> off track with that one. Uh, let's see. Okay. Oh, I see something. Jiggly says something's going on with Reddit right now. They're freaking out, and I don't know what they're, they're freaking mad. Oh, okay. Well, let's take a, we got a call. Oh. Okay. I knew I missed something. Hey, caller, what's your name? How many have you had so far? Oh, this is Erica. I, I, I haven't had any at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You're in better shape than we are. <laughs> yeah. I remember you guys talking about, uh, you guys talking about earlier about how, how teams are, or fans are loyal to the teammates. I remember when Brent Favre left the Packers and, and some of my buddies, they had a, they had a pick between whether they're loyal to Brett Barr or loyal to the Packers, and it didn't take them that long to, to switch over and say, hey, I'm, I'm a Packers fan. I'm not a Brett Barr fan. Yeah, really quick that happened, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm just curious. Every year, the, uh, Bob Quinn seemed to, to have a, a big reason pickup or something before the, the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. you guys see something uh, coming in? Hmm. I, I don't. I thought the the digs move would have a second follow on something that we would do i just don't see anything anything coming through um I, I i don't i don't see anything big i don't see anything impactful uh happening haven't heard of anything talked to a couple of people a couple of people who are have little better connections than i do and deeper connections and nobody's heard anything about anything right now oh wow okay which yeah, doesn't mean anything like though because Quinn, Quinn's a super, you know, super secret under the, the covers kind of spy guy. Well, I don't know about other covers, but <laughs> underground spy guy, right? <laughs> that was Jim Bob. He was the under the covers yeah, guy. Yeah. I, I really apologize, <laughs> Mr. Quinn. I didn't mean that. <laughs> I, 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 I know, know they know. were, uh, some people were talking about maybe uh, trading Slay for, for Bob Miller or, or somebody. Maybe that's a potential. 
Slay's a potential. I, I, I just don't see it as a trade. I don't see it happening. I think that this game makes Bob Quinn's job harder because if we would have lost this game, he probably would have gone into sell mode or maybe would have been more likely to go into sell mode at the deadline. But now we won and the, our schedule looks a little better. I, I see him standing, standing pat at the deadline, maybe making a small move, but I don't see him doing anything big because it doesn't feel like there's a good direction either way. It's not like, it's not a clear sell situation and it's not definitely not a clear buy situation. So I would guess he stays pretty still at the deadline. Yeah. All right. Now, now the guys they're saying, so, and, and Trev, I don't know if you, you've been keeping up or what's going on. Yeah. Altered beast is on there, by the way, guys on that, uh, that Sega thing, just pop into the Patreon here. Um, they're saying what's going on in the subreddit. I just took a look at the post game thread and I'm only seeing two posts. <laughs> <laughs> Did something happen, Trev? Is there something that we need to know about? Um, not that I know of as a mod. Um, That's why I'm, I'm peeking. Someone said, you know, there. I'm sitting here in San Jose, California at the moment, right. and there is a bunch of fires going on around. <laughs> I'm um, surprised you and, have power, actually. So congratulations. Well, I'm, I'm sitting. Okay, so the, the fun thing to know about fires in California is they don't affect rich people. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> right now I'm sitting right next to Cisco's campus and I would bet that Cisco's campus would have to burn down for it to get to my apartment and Cisco probably loses a billion dollars a minute every time the power goes out. So <laughs> money talks and my power stays on. <laughs> But, but I, I think that... Uh, I don't know. I mean, Oprah doesn't have any sway. Montecito burns every year, it seems like. I don't, I, I don't know. I think... Uh, it's down in Santa Barbara. It's SoCal, though. It's different. Reddit, <laughs> Nobody makes Reddit servers might be located somewhere uh, in the in the power zone here. That might be if Reddit's screwing up because Reddit's their headquarters in San Francisco. Yeah, SoCal used to be the center of California, and then the tech boom happened, and then the crash. And then after the crash, I think, is when the power shifted away from, from SoCal to the Bay area. And uh, <laughs> now just, they, it burns down South. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's if you ever move to California, the, the goal is to, if you want to survive fires and earthquakes, position yourself between the disaster and the rich people, or I mean, on the other side of put, put yeah. the rich people between you yep. and the pending disaster and you'll never be in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I remember when I was moving there, literally I moved in on a Friday that Sunday, the hill at the end of my street, my, my corporate apartment was on fire. And I'm like, Oh, uh, should I be worried? And I, like, my parents were on the phone. They're like, Hey, we're looking. It seems like there's fires. I'm like, yeah, that's the end of my street. So we put on CNN and the, the helicopter's doing the shot. And I'm out on my, my balcony. Hey, can you see me? <laughs> good idiot, am I? But anyway, good times. Good times. But that might have something to do with why Reddit is screwy because there's rolling blackouts. Hey, hey Carl, right now. Did you have another question? Sorry, we, we we went off on a complete tangent from the uh, any trades before the deadline thing. <laughs> no, no, I think I think that's it. Thank you, guys. All right, brother. Hey, thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you. All right, cheers, man. Thank you. All right, last call for calls two four eight seven eight two eight two two four eight seven eight two eight three eight four two four eight seven eight two eight three eight four or via the uh, Skype Detroit Lions podcast. All one word. I promise. 
All right, it's we got Andrew coming. We're going to stay on topic. You ready with me, Trevor? All right, Andrew, how many have you had so far? Uh, yeah, this is Andy. I'm calling in from uh, Warsaw, Poland. Uh, really? If you can believe it. it. Yeah, Poland. Poland over here. No yeah, uh, big Detroit Lions fan for a long time. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm about a bottle of wine in. So, That's so, good. Uh, what kind of wine are we doing in Poland? Over. Are we doing any of the German wines or are we we're going for some reds? No, I, no, no. I got an Australian wine over here. With okay, me. okay. Good, good. Uh, anyway, I want to I want to uh, mention three things I noticed. I don't know. Maybe they're a little controversial, and then you guys can talk about them. I'll I'll, I'll let you. See what you think. The the first thing I wanted to to say was, uh, I I I really think that the the offensive line is playing pretty well. Uh, there's they they've been getting a lot of shit this this year, and I don't know. I yeah, four sacks and all that, but at least one of those uh, today was on a you know a cornerback blitz that that wasn't their fault. And I I really think they've been playing okay. You can say. Uh, a lot about uh, you know the the running games not getting going, but there's there's a lot of teams that are are, are trying to to stop our running game, and and we got a lot of weapons on on uh, uh, in in the passing game. So I think I, I I I think that there's a little bit of a mind game going on over there. The second thing that I wanted uh, to say was that with so many of our defensive backs out getting injured, I think we played all right, but um, I still really worry about our pass rush. I think that. Uh, you know, Flowers got a couple of couple of sacks in there finally, like in in the in the you know halfway through the fourth quarter. And uh, you know, I mean, was that a change of scheme, or or did we finally just figure something out, or did the Giants just get tired? What's going on? Uh, and then the last thing is, you know, kind of credit where credits due. I really think that this was a pretty well officiated game. Uh, I thought the officials. Uh, yeah, I, I I thought they played pretty well. I, I I listened. You know, I've been listening for a long time to you guys. So, long time listener, first time caller. I appreciate um, it, Andy. That, that, that's really cool. Can I ask an insensitive question? Because it's coming up in the chat, and and it's it's such a stupid American oh, thing. Sure. Sorry. Sorry. What's up? No, no. This is it's completely. I, this I, I I really shouldn't. So please don't hate me. Yeah. How many of you guys does it take to change a light bulb? <laughs> it's a big question out here. Sorry, that was that was from Wack. How many of us guys? But see, but see, but see, but see, I'm an American. I just live in Poland. Oh, okay. So how many? Yeah, so <laughs> how many guys around you? Does it take? <laughs> this is ter- it's terrible, right? It's it's absolutely a horrible question, but it just cracked me up because there's no, so many of those no, jokes. Yeah, right? yeah. No, I get I get the Polish jokes. Yeah, no, it's no, it's cool. It's They're cool. great it's people cool, though. Guys. I mean, it's 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 yeah. silly stuff. But hey, oh, we're no, good. And you're right about the officiating. Yeah. It was killer. I mean, I don't want to say it was killer, but it was really good out there. It it, it does deserve the credit that, that you mentioned. They they, they did a good I, job on this game. Just to to build off that, the the calls they made were were to keep the players safe, right? You mm-hmm. know, so you can you can quibble about the Matt Prater, uh, the the Matt Prater call, you know, on the but he got touched. You know, and and they were they were erring on the side of caution. And when when officials err on the side of caution, I want them to err on the side of caution when a player might might get hurt, right? Right. And and so uh, you know, and the same thing, you know, well, not not the same thing, but with with uh, Gerard Davis, I mean, that was that was clearly you know it was clearly a, a late hit or whatever. So so I I I, I thought it was a really well officiated game. I think the O line is is really playing a lot better than I think some people are giving them credit for, and I'm still worried about the pass rush. So if you guys could talk about those things. I'll let you go right now, and uh, thanks a lot for everything you do. Thanks. No, thank you, Andy, and yeah. uh, really appreciate it, man. Wow, it's, I, I am I, massively in love when we get calls from around the world. 
I, I think that if we're if you want to start with the O line, there, um, our O line is particularly good at pass blocking. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not so sure that outside of a couple of those guys, they're great run blockers. Ragnow. Can I just? Go ahead. I'm going to yeah. say that they may not look as good as they should. I'm not going to say they're great, but I'm going to say they don't. Or prior to this week, haven't looked as good as they should because mm-hmm. Carrion never ran to the hole. <laughs> he had such a hard time <laughs> finding the right place in the line, in the line, the right gap in the line, and just ran mm-hmm. into the back of the guys over and over and over. Saw a little bit about out of the. Um, that we saw a little bit of that out of the running backs this week. Um, Carson, that's why he was such a surprise when when we started the game. And he was just, he was every time there was a hole, he found it and he was through it. And it was six, eight, mm-hmm. 10, 12 yards. It was like, holy cow. Of course, he's wearing center's number, right? We know, we know all about that. <laughs> um, but he was killing it. I mean, he was killing it. Why? Because he was finding the holes. And um, so I, I'm. I'm hesitant. I don't want to say, like I said, I don't want to say the O-line's been spectacular, but for run blocking, the running back hasn't given their stats any help in carry-on because it's been a lot of running up his butts. I don't want to, like, call out one. I do want to call out this one play in particular. Frank Ragnow got destroyed (laughs) up the middle. Was that a a blitz or just as a D-lineman? He got – he – Ole blocked the hell out of that guy and Safford got stacked sacked. And it was just like, you know, that's not Frank Ragnow Cause you know, he's a lot better than that. But on that one play, it was like, Frank, what in the hell are you doing? I'm sure he's going to get a lot of shit from it oh, yeah. for it in the film room. <laughs> did you see tomorrow when they watch film? Conversely, but, did you get say, see Saquon get blasted back onto his ass by uh uh jared davis on a delayed shot up the middle was that saquon i thought that was a tight end no it was is the tight end was on the left and, and saquon was on the right and he came in with the shoulder and jared just blasted in and he flew it was like the whoo, 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 yeah through the air and landed on his ass back boom and and, and jared came in and got a hold he got a good hand on uh on uh danny dimes there out of that Crazy, I wish crazy stuff. I, I wish Jared Jared David is a big big deal. That one was that, that is a great play. I wish he could tackle mm-hmm. instead of running past the QB on that play because I've seen that so many times. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's a bigger thing to talk about is the linebackers. Um, that last touchdown we were watching, uh, the garbage time touchdown. Yep, yep. They ran the same exact play two plays in a row, and Christian Jones missed both times and <laughs> Danny dimes threw a quarter on that first one. <laughs> and then he dropped like a, and he threw it. They ran the exact same play and they scored a touchdown on the next play. And I don't know to me if that's because Christian Jones should never be covering Saquon Barkley or if that's a coaching thing, they needed to adjust I just but, don't, I don't like it when he's on the field. To be honest with you, I'm just not. I don't put Reeves Maven in there for Christ's sake. Like <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. We've got Jared Davis had a couple of decent plays today, but he hasn't been good. And uh, this is speaking as a, a man who has buyer's remorse on a on a Jared Davis jersey that I bought, bought a couple of years ago. <laughs> But we see him fly by and miss tackles. We see him make bonehead plays that 
that I, I think he was probably trying to pull off when, when during that QB slide, but just stay away. He was already going like, then the, 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 the personal fouls just like Jared Davis, there is a good football player inside of you. Oh, like let him loose, yeah. <laughs> let him out. Yeah. <laughs> it's all, it's always meet or misses with that guy. It's is and uh, we already it's ragged on hits. Christian Jones. It's almost hits is what it is. Yeah. It, it, we, almost hits. He, if he would connect on all those blitzes, he would be DeAndre Levy. Yeah. But more. that's what makes him not DeAndre Levy is that he whiffs on all of those those tackles, yeah. and he's he's become a liability out there. And I I don't I don't know what they do to to fix linebacking going forward, but it's an issue for us, and we've spent a considerable amount of draft capital yeah. at the linebacker position. So I, I, <laughs> there's something else we did today, and uh, one of the reasons we haven't mentioned it yet. I, I want to mention it now. My, my son in the last year, year and a half, is he's always been a football fan. He's been a Lions fan. It's my curse to him. But um, he, he's he's gone beyond just being a fan to really starting to really analyze and understand the game and some of the nuance. And we're having some pretty good, deep conversations. And he can challenge me now, and we're talking about it. It's great. Um, all day, I was calling out every time we went with a huddle-free offense. He's like, what do you mean huddle-free? <laughs> it's a new <laughs> thing, man. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's bevel's cha- it's bevel change on the no huddle. It's a huddle-free. Um, but no, we ran that a couple times. I'd love to see that hurry up out there. i love to see uh, the huddle-free offense <laughs> lay it out. Sorry, son. I don't mean to do that to you. Um, I hate. I I love to see that really break through and, and how we use that because it's something we missed last year so much in that it was always – Run the play clock down to two and then snap the ball. It was so, so predictable. And then being able to switch it up this year and change the pace is great. Uh, we got a caller. Caller, what's your name? How many have you had so far? We lost him or her. That's too bad. Sorry. I knew I knew that they, I, well, I thought that maybe they had less than I did, but that may be no longer the case. All right, um, let's let's get in one really quick thing. Um, guys, if you want to get your Lions gear or Red Wings gear or whatever gear you want to get, go ahead and go to fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. It'll take you right over there. It's the same stuff at the Lions store, the NFL store. It's all run by the same company. It's fanatics, fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com, and you can get all the official sweet gear for NFL, NHL, college, you name it. Go get your stuff, and uh, they give us a kickback. No, no need to give them more money. They've got plenty. We could use a little uh, help. Uh, let's get the show together, pay for the bandwidth and all that kind of stuff. Same sort of thing at Amazon. If you're going to go to Amazon, do any shopping, holiday season's coming up, all that kind of stuff. Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. All right. Oh, tickets. Also, ticks, T-I-X dot DetroitLionsPodcast.com. I'll take you seeking. Ticks dot DetroitLionsPodcast.com. There we go. Uh, one last time. This time I mean it, 248-782-8384, 248-782-8384, or Detroit Lions Podcast on Skype, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast. Give us a call. We'll bring you on the show and uh, talk about today's big win over the Giants. And it was big, Trev. It was big. I, I feel like, okay, so for me, I want to, I don't, I'm not going to say this is a big win. I'm going to say this is the win, this is like, this is like, Important. This is puts more. This puts more quarters in the life support machine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a game of space invaders. You'll, you'll, the lions will convince me that they're they they took they, it took three games for them to destroy my faith in the team a little bit, <laughs> and in this particular iteration of the Detroit Lions, 
and it's going to take probably three wins in a row here to pull me back. Mm-hmm. Um, I, before well, I can two in a close one, what happens? That, <laughs> that's how it always works. That's what's going to going to happen. <laughs> uh, but it's uh, I, I feel like uh, that it's, it's it takes me a lot after I fall off that emotional roller coaster. It takes a lot to, to get me back on <laughs> yeah. to get me like fully fully super invested as uh, emotionally <laughs> but then you get the 34 and oh shut out in the last game of the season and you're like this team is going places next year <laughs> oh yeah cliffhanger don h good one <laughs> what happened to tackling last year the lions were one of the league leaders in tackling uh this year they had to be one of the worst i am, am i am absolutely on board with that what in the hell happened to wrapping people up you see saquon out there hit wham 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 and then he turns you, you, there's there's two things that, that kill me. Number one, how can running backs take hits like this all the time and keep moving and on their feet when any other player in the field would be down with an injury? Okay, I, I don't understand how it works. Running backs are made of a whole different bag of bricks. But where in the hell did tackling go, Trev? Um, well, part of it went to Seattle for a fifth-round pick. <laughs> I mean, not particularly this year, but one of our best solid form tacklers was named Quandre Diggs. was was a a cog in the wheel of the Lions machine named Quandre Diggs, who who fell out of out of uh, out of place. <laughs> Stung a little bit. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I yeah. I don't know. They. I don't know if they're trying to punch the ball out too much. <laughs> I didn't see that at all instead today. of wrapping up. I didn't uh, see the punch at all today. I saw a lot of like like trying to missile somebody, and then and then eventually try to wrap them up. But ne- I didn't. I many times it's like punch, 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 punch. No punch. No punch. Yeah, like man, part of it's because that's that's what Saquon is. He is a human pinball, mm-hmm. and he bounces off people. That's that's how Tate is too. Kind of they got two of those guys yeah. <laughs> in there now. That's scary. Mm-hmm. If if Danny Dimes um, becomes good. Um, the, the Giants' offense could be pretty frightening. 100%. Um, but the, the tackling has been, it feels like we're not making, we're not wrapping up on first contact. It's always second or third or eighth contact. <laughs> we're finally bringing a guy down. And that's that's on Patricia. That's fundamentals. Uh, they got to they gotta hammer that in at practice. That's 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 fundamentals. That's right. All right. Hey, but I appreciate it. we've got a long time today. We did an hour and a half post game show. I appreciate you hanging out with us and doing it, Trev. It was nice of you to show up and uh, and do your thing with us. An hour and a half is about an hour and twenty eight minutes longer than I usually last. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, here he is bragging again. All right, On that, we're going to close the show out. Remember, we need your involvement. We are looking at your comments and the subreddit to help make the show better. So, thank you for all of those. Also, don't forget about us on Patreon. Support the show by going to patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. You get access to the Slack. Uh, you got Riz in there. You got Case. You got me. You got all kinds of great people talking on Brian from I Prevail. You get a chance if you join up for that great Sega Genesis uh, retro gaming arcade with 40 games. All the good ones for sure. Uh, good stuff. And uh, we'll, we'll pull that out after the, the 10th of November. So uh, get ready for that. Um, check us out on Facebook. Facebook.com slash 
the Detroit Lions Podcast. Facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions Podcast. Detroit Lions Podcast on Instagram. Join, follow us, give us all that that stuff. We're trying to be one of the bigger accounts with never posting anything. But um, when we do post something, you can promise it will be it'll be worth the wait. Um, also follow us on Twitter at DET Lions Podcast. DET Lions Podcast. We're getting real close to that 3K mark. And uh, before we get there, just the fact that you followed us will help you see Trev. With no pants on. Ooh, that, was a, that was a tough setup. Thanks for, for taking that like that. Uh, just call us Skype Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. And be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast so we can come in your little ear holes automatically. It's a great way to ride. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time with the Detroit Lions Podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs. No problems, baby, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit Connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over.